0: all right uh welcome to the very first art eater podcast Uh, i'm your host richmond and uh really really excited to be here today so this podcast is uh an extension of our our blog our, our twitter accounts much like those we'll be discussing the crafted games animation comics Film, uh, all that cool stuff, and uh, we particularly uh, look at things from an uh, art history perspective. Try to relate all this fun contemporary pop culture to you know art history, pop culture history, things that came before it. Yeah, really, really excited to you know to to finally get this going. Let's see a little bit about me. So again, I'm Richmond from Art Eater. I've been working in video games for for a long time now, uh, well over a decade. My background is in art. I studied animation, so uh, that, that's the area where I particularly have some expertise. I, I currently run a, a game studio and animation outsourcing studio in Thailand. Let's introduce uh, the... let's let the other hosts introduce themselves to uh, Andy?
1: Hi, I'm Andy. I lecture at a university in Bangkok. I teach uh, game design and writing. And
0: Andy's been contributing to Art Eater from behind the scenes for a long time. Even if you've seen articles under my name, um, i always bouncing ideas off of Andy and getting, you know, getting him to help with research. And just he always has good insights on, on every
2: topic. And uh, Sean? Hello, uh, I, I'm Sean. Uh, I've been in the game industry uh, probably as long as Richmond has and worked on all sorts of things, many types of mobile games. I, I specialize more in the interface design side and uh, game development, but still very much uh, all of my friends and cohorts are artists, animators and sequential artists. So I uh, always had a passion for that. I, I currently work at Blizzard Entertainment. Uh, Well, I actually work on more of the technical side of it, but I've really maintained my kind of love and uh, passion around all types of games. So, Richmond and Andy are people that I've worked with in the past uh, on games. So, I do not live in Thailand. I live in Southern California now, but we still uh, connect on all of the the cool things that are in games. So, uh, also excited to be here.
0: Yeah. So, the three of us here, these are actually the the three people that started the Art Eater blog years, years and years ago. Sean and I were actually working together back then. And you know, just just started it because just had a passion for for writing about games, discussing games and art. Sean actually created the blog, the website, and Andy's been helping to write the articles from the beginning. So it's really great to have the three of us together, and uh, I'm really excited about uh, getting this podcast started. All right, so let's talk about games. For our first podcast, we thought uh, we would talk about Death Stranding. Um, all of us were. Uh, really excited about this game. I think we've all been big fans of Hideo Kojima's games for a long time. And, you know, his approach to storytelling, him and his team, they're, they're, it's very informed from a historical perspective and a pop culture perspective. Uh, there's so many layers to everything, to the narrative, to the gameplay. So we thought this would be a fantastic game to start off uh, talking about. Okay, so uh, let's get right to it. I would love to talk about the, the imagery um, in the game. So oh, just want to put it out there. I, I have not beat the game yet. I have not gotten very far into the game yet either. I'm not super far into it, so there's not going to be any like late game spoilers uh, or anything. But we will be discussing things that happen within the first couple of hours. So for me, right away, just playing the game... Uh, yeah, the imagery of the game is just uh, very, very strong, like right from the get-go. W- one of the first things that struck me is early on in the game, uh, one of the first things that happens is uh, you take refuge in a cave. And um, I-, I think that really sets uh, the tone and also establishes a lot of the main imagery and themes of the game. Even though, you know, it's it's a future setting, it's very sci-fi, post-apocalyptic, the game starts off in this kind of, it puts you in this primordial mode, right? Andy, you, you have some insight here? No. Does the game touch on the experiences of uh, you know early early humanity?
1: I feel like uh, there's very strong caveman imagery. You know, Sam's covered in those handprints, and yeah. it's like those caves in, in France that have some of the oldest human artwork, it's like a wall of just handprints.
0: Yeah, that was that was one of the first things I noticed. Uh, just the parallel between the the handprints that the BTS uh, leave behind, also the handprints on Sam's uh, body from all all the times he has been uh, grabbed and uh, taken to the afterlife. And uh, you know, yeah, just really strong imagery right away.
2: Do you guys have any further thoughts on that? Yeah, I think uh, what's also interesting, is, especially about as you open into the game, is that it, it starts off showing you the, the kind of the beauty of nature that has come back and t- taken over a bit. And then as it starts showing you what has happened, as he takes refuge in the cave, is reverting back to even having to hold his breath, things like that. Like, there's, there's a, a certain kind of, like, visceral nature to the BTs walking around him uh, mm. as... He, he wants to reach out and grab the photo that he dropped and everything like that. I feel uh, like all of that is very visceral. You feel a lot of the raw emotions that he's feeling, the, the terror around what they're they're looking at.
0: Yeah, he even he even kind of strips down a little when he, when he gets into the cave, right? Like he, he he's he's half clothed. You know, he's just trying to relax. See, even that like kind of contributes to this like uh, returning to nature kind of imagery there
1: say uh also about the hands uh latin word for hand is what man manu manis
2: mm. yeah correct manu. yeah well that
1: word comes from india sanskrit manu means a uh, human and mm. uh, there is a mythical figure of uh, manu he is the last and the first human he's the last human of the previous universal cycle a kalpa that was destroyed because life is cyclical but since he survives the destruction he is the first man in this new world after flood and darkness Mm. if you look up artwork of manu he's surrounded by darkness and fish and whales
2: oh wow pretty interesting because i had read the the imagery on the beaches of the whales as something that had been stranded but you just blew my mind with how much deeper kojima went with that
0: ah okay so imagery of water and whales that that figures into this mythology right yeah so this um, creation myth it's
1: Funny, i actually first looked this up years ago when i was playing dark souls because they also have Manus, who is a giant hand monster dwelling in the abyss and he's I think he's called the first or last man, too. I I need to look that up again. So, a lot of this imagery seems to be playing across multiple Japanese games.
0: Mm, Okay. Yeah, Andy, Andy, I remember uh, you mentioned in the earlier conversation we had, even just the simple act of taking refuge in a cave. That's something that early humans would have done. That, That would have been very important to get out of the rain, right?
1: Oh yeah, we were just talking casually, you know. Even just 300 years ago, if you're caught in the rain, that kind of does in- greatly increase your chance of just dying. And yeah. but it's it's also our scientific understanding has increased. 300 years ago, you could tell someone, oh, you know, how does somebody get a cold? I don't know. Maybe it's morality or like an evil spirit. <laughs> Yeah, but that's uh, that's kind of what the rain does in Death Stranding is it's uh, it's, we know about viruses and bacteria, but we don't really super understand what exactly is death or what happens after death. So this game where it's straight up the rain makes you age and die and it makes metal uh, like metal rust. It puts us in the mentality of a caveman or a person from hundreds of years ago in relationship to the rain not mm. fully understanding it. I think one of the really neat things about Death Stranding is it, it create the world is full of unknown danger for a modern audience to kind of be put back into the mentality of someone hundreds of years ago in relationship to something as simple as rain or just getting a cut on your foot and then an infection.
0: Yeah, actually, I mean, that imagery figures into the game pretty early on, too. Sam uh, does get, his feet bleed a lot. He's always walking. (laughs) Uh, You have to repair his shoes constantly, which is actually a pretty realistic detail that most games and movies and stuff don't really cover. And, you know, within that, that, one of the earlier, the first, well, the second mission where you're trying to get the corpse... To the disposal facility. Sam does get cut on his foot. He does bleed, and it does like interact with these mysterious things that are coming after him, right?
1: Yeah.
0: I, I think you also mentioned, if you've played the game, you, one of the weirder things about it is you you fight back against this mysterious these mysterious ghosts with your own bodily fluids, right? You can just straight yeah. up pee on them. Like that, That's one of the core mechanics. One of the core things you can do is pee. Uh, then later, you you they refine grenades from your your poop. So you're you're like flinging poop <laughs> and
2: the, uh, at these enemies, right? Yeah. Uh. Uh, maybe think of the whole primal thing. Even the fact that uh, the BTS cause them to to shed tears. The fact that yeah these are all the bodily fluids are not just. It's kind of like that visceral part of, of you. The more more that we talk about the the nature of going back to the the basics of being human, it it seems to really come back around there.
1: Yeah. Sean, do you know the writer uh, Joseph Campbell? He wrote like Hero's Journey, Hero of a Thousand Faces.
2: I am familiar. Okay. Go on,
1: I'm intrigued. I was reading, he mentions like uh, developmental psychology. There's a point when you're a toddler and peeing and pooping is your first act of creation. That you're conscious of. Uh, I don't know you just mentioned. Oh, you know these two-year-olds have a phase where they created something, poop came out of them, and they want to show it to other people. <laughs> yeah. When the adult humans tell them to not do that, it's one of the first denials that a human will experience. Mm. But uh, I feel like in Death Stranding, you can you can poop and you can pee and. It just feels very... It's your your first act of creation that is something outside of your own self that can uh, persist in a place that you're not in anymore. You can pee somewhere and mark it. Or, if yeah. you know, animals, they poop and pee to mark places. Is it the wombat has square poop so it doesn't blow away so it can just stack it to mark its territory? <laughs> is that why? <laughs> No, I, know I think that. it's just a coincidence. Like, okay. it's square it has to suck all the moisture out of it. Um, the chimps in captivity will throw their poop because it's their, the only thing they have that they can use because the zookeepers took all their rocks away.
0: Which is effectively what's happened in this game, right? Civilization's been destroyed. Infrastructure has been destroyed. Like, all the core tools of humanity on a macro scale that gave people dominance over nature that's all been taken away yeah it's a-
1: well there is a really interesting take on that part that's different from most post-apocalypse is that civilization is fractured and mostly dead but each human individual has an incredibly powerful 3d printer that re- they can just live in their room for the rest of their lives so it's the individual persists after the civilization and they actually don't need it. Like all of those yeah. uh, preppers living by themselves, they can just continue doing that. But once they die, they won't pass on anything.
0: Right. Yeah, that, that's a really interesting angle because the last time I was playing, so we're just talking about imagery, parallel imagery. So obviously, the, the more you play, eventually the BTs come after you, right? And you see them um, when they're trying to grab you. They're coming out of the muck, you know, and you see their humanoid form. You know, also, like, when you're trying to avoid them, when you're connected to the BB, you can sort of make out, like, a hazy uh, outline of them. And, you know, and so you see this fuzzy ghost-like form. And then you you, you see their umbil- umbilical cord kind of going off to um, so there's that. And then there's uh, when, when you go to the different cities uh, the, and you, you're, you're trying to tie the knots, right, when you're trying to connect the cities, when you see people's uh, holograms, the chiral grams, they're very faint at first. They actually look a lot like the BTs, right? I think yeah. it's got to be pretty intentional. There's definitely a parallel between uh, these ghosts and then these people uh, living isolated in, the, in these different little pods, like not not connected to each other, right?
2: Yeah, I think there's there's a bit of a layering, which is your your connections matter, right? Uh, I and mean, yeah. There is there is something to the the idea of legacy and uh, how you've interacted with others that, that kind of play into that, which is why uh, the social element or the the idea of reciprocity seems to come up a lot.
0: Yeah. It's it's very timely, too, because, you know, like uh, shut-ins um, are on the rise. Like in, in Japan, I think they call them the the uh, hikamori, right? Like people who... Oh, Hikikomori, yeah. Hik- Hikikomori, yeah. yeah. Hik-
2: Hikikomori, right. Well, um, it, it also reminds me of there's, there's also a trend in uh, Korea. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about this where, where around where people tend to eat alone, but they'll watch streamers that are eating as well. And that is one of the ways that they they will often have dinner, which is sort sort of an interesting combination of those things. Yeah. You
1: can watch a beautiful woman eat a bucket of fried chicken. Yeah. Yeah, those are (laughs) the mukbang mukbang videos, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. My entry point there is from the uh, ASMR angle. And I know some people are horrified by mouth sounds, but uh, yeah, uh, I could I could fall asleep to that. Uh, but actually,
1: going a bit on a tangent on the hikikomori, it was something I read from a Japanese scientist or something studying hikikomori, and one of the things he brought up: oh, compared to America, America has over a million homeless people under forty. Well, Japan has like only a few thousand. So one of his angles is actually one of the reasons Japan has a lot of shut-ins is if they were in America, they would be homeless instead. They would be kicked out of their homes. Mm. So I thought that was an interesting angle in that he's correlating uh, the shut-in and the homeless, but it's a matter of are, do they have a social support system or culture that tolerates just one person living in the house like completely in their room or would you kick them out of your house right or would they lose their house
0: yeah yeah they, I, I i was just googling it uh, there's articles that say there could be upwards of uh, 10 million hikikomori um, in japan with with yeah. a much smaller population than the u.s but uh, yeah they, they have more There's in in asia or may, maybe just outside of america in general there's more of a culture yeah. of living at home with your parents and that's on on the rise obviously in well in the U.S. as the cost of living uh, t- continues to outpace the average uh, salaries, uh, average amount of money that people are making.
1: Yeah, you know, I kind of feel like a real-life Chiral printer is pretty much like Lawson or 7-Eleven. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I was actually just talking to uh, someone else on the team at work, and they, they were telling me, you know, if I didn't work here at this office, I, I, I would be a hikikomori. Like, I, I would just stay home, like, all the time. But he was telling me uh, when when he was a freelance artist, basically just had no no reason to leave home other than to uh, watch a movie once in a while. Like you can get everything delivered uh, to your house now. Like you you really don't have to leave.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, there are more visible delivery services now. Like I just see. I feel like after playing Death Stranding, I've become more aware of all the delivery people that just ride around or walk around with, like you know, their big backpack
2: full of hamburgers and whatnot. <laughs>
1: that's,
2: that's that's true. Yeah, it's much more visible in uh, cities where it's not easy to drive places. Like you see people yeah. on bikes with it and everything like that, yeah. and you, you begin to really appreciate the ability to stack multiple boxes and not fall over with them, <laughs> even while traveling at high speeds. <laughs>
0: Actually that is isn't that's really interesting that even you know this gameplay that seems kind of obtuse at first like oh you're you're a, a porter you're a delivery man like that's kind of a weird thing to build a game around but they're becoming more and more important like that that's that's more and more of a viable job right because yeah. like grab uh, uber and stuff
2: like they're, they're all branching out into, like food delivery you know what's interesting yeah. is uh, one of uh, one of our friends had mentioned that it actually reminded them a, a lot of not even new careers, but old ones like truck driving. Yeah. The idea that a porter is not a new add to society. In fact, nope. going the idea of having to move something over a long distance and there's a lot of a mundane quality to it that has a high value. People have to get very good at doing that over a long a, a kind of a long distance. Right. And being able to. Okay be with themselves as they move something uh, for the greater good of society. The Silk Road, that's that's all porters moving stuff. Or if
1: we look at the Christian Bible, the three kings that bring gifts to baby Jesus, they are believed to be just Silk Road traders that happen to be around. And this is how the, the people in Bethlehem interpreted them. Hmm. They're just bringing gifts from far, far away, and then they go back.
0: Yeah, you know, there, there's even a shot in the game where I think their they're bridges is explaining how they want to reconnect America to Sam, and he he outright goes like Jesus. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that was a intentional mythic illusion, but uh,
1: yeah, well, it means they still kind of know who Jesus is. Yeah, <laughs> that's true.
2: <laughs> that yeah. that is that is an interesting figure to continue maintaining, considering how. I don't know. I feel like it may be disruptive to that mythology when the afterlife is now blended into reality. <laughs> well, do you think that would make people more or
0: I, I would think that would make people more religious if you if you had scientific proof of the
1: afterlife? Right. Um, I think it, it depends on two very broad ways you can categorize spirituality is do you see it as something that comes from outside of yourself or is it something from within yourself?
2: if I recall from what I've played in the game the at least it seems like Kojima's opinion is is that it's inside yourself because the, there is a mention that the beach is different for every, every person right yeah yeah mm. that's really yeah. Cool. like fragile has her own beach to go to
1: um, then Higgs seems to be well I'm not that far in the game so I don't know how higgs' beach works or if the scene when you die with Sam is the same as a beach or not. But, uh, I mean, something like that beach, that's, I feel like, you know, the afterlife, going to the shore of a great river does seem like it shows up in a lot of different world death beliefs. Like crossing the river Styx.
0: It's a part of a lot of creation myths as well, right? And, And those, a lot of the early ones tend to be cyclical anyways. So, yeah, like we seem to, just as a species collectively, we naturally make a comparison between like water, flow of water, flow of life, yeah, life and death.
1: You know, humans evolved from something that came out of the water. So, yeah. for the first critter to crawl up onto the, the beach, that's the frightening new world. But then for us, it's like the deep ocean that our ancestors came from is now a, a symbol of death.
2: I mean, do you think that even that is, is evident in the fact that one of the the great dangers of the game is is water, is the timefall? Yeah. Um, yeah. You could say it's... I mean, people have used death as a metaphor,
1: uh, metaphorically returning to the womb. Doesn't, you know, one of those, like black and white photo german guys always talks about that the fear of being like swallowed up by the womb again
0: mm. the game's very much about this right like so it's about you know the afterlife has been scientifically proven and then uh, something happened uh, I, I don't i haven't gotten very far into the game but it sounds like as soon as they verified it people tried to benefit from it maybe tried to like monetize it and like just everything got messed up um but uh, now they are spilling over into real life and then um and the way you can see these ghosts is you tap into the bb right the baby and it's it's like a half not fully formed human and uh it's i've gotten far enough where it touches on like they seem to be so they have like a still mother like they're still so connected somehow to like a woman in a coma so
1: so it's like they're still dead woman yeah yeah
0: but it's like they they're still connected to this afterlife or or before life right i mean that's yeah Game touches on these really basic things that um that we don't we can't really explain but everyone probably has thought about you know what where were you before you were born where where are you gonna go after you die like
1: uh it's 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 childishly simple it's like what if birth was death and and then it's like wow i don't know it just gives you a a feeling because it's so darn simple that you can't really talk your way around it you just kind of look at it and go huh yeah
2: I actually felt independent of the, the narrative of the story that I, I was actually surprised at how, to your point, like to how shockingly simple the premise of the game is yeah. uh, in terms of what uh, Kojima is putting forth for you to do. Yeah. Like Obviously, the, the characters and the, the narratives and the relationships are a little bit more complicated, but overall, the premise is not difficult. Yeah, yeah. I know.
0: Um, a, a lot of people have complained, oh, it's just a walking simulator. It's just fetch quests. And it's, for me, I mean, sure, you, you could reduce it to that. But for me, this is like the walking simulator, right? <laughs> like, like uh, Sean, you were talking about how, how visceral the game is, right? Like, for, for me, it, it it gives new and satisfying feedback to that simple act of walking in, in a game. I mean, it, it's something you kind of take for granted
2: in a lot of titles. Yeah, uh, I, I would say that my read on it is exactly... What you're saying is that there, there's a bit of a focus. Like we're talking about death and life, but I almost feel like the, the game is pointing that out so that it can then point out that there is value in the the mundane in the journey. There yeah. is there's a lot of value in the quiet distance between what you perceive to be a death and life, and it's it's making you be really thoughtful around what it actually means. I feel like if you look at a lot of media today, like especially cop shows or video games that are pretty common, they, they have big set pieces, they have big beats, and they yeah. often brush over. Uh, and the reason I mention a cop show is because I often ponder, you know, they never really show them doing the paperwork or going home to their family or just having <laughs> a, cup of, a cup of coffee or a beer after a really hard day, like not without having dialogue around it. And yeah. I almost feel like the, the idea here is almost to focus on... On that experience.
0: I agree. I mean, like, a lot of games have fetch quests, and they're unsatisfying, because it, it's
1: just like, okay. Just... Uh, going on a tangent on the cap on the cop show, uh, Sean, you ever read Mad Bowl 34?
2: <laughs> I
1: have not. They actually do just show them, like, going for a beer. I mean, usually some kind of gunfight breaks out, but it does show them, like, relaxing and not doing work a lot of the time. Oh, and then that long-running manga that ended, what, Kochikame, that, that's the, it shows them doing anything but actual cop work.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's one of the longest-running comics, like, ever, right?
2: Yeah, I think it ended, like, last year or two years ago. Oh, wow, Okay. I haven't watched as much of it but there's like the the newer show about cops the the rookie I haven't watched all of it but the the ones I the parts I have watched I enjoyed because it shows a lot of them just being in the car taking on like side things that are they're not shootouts or whatever they're just checking on people to help them it's like there's there's a lot of again I keep using the word mundane but it's it's not that it's it's uh, it's kind of the idea that the experience of of living or doing something is strung together by the actual tasks that are required of you to do it. And that, that if we're experiencing something, those are the actual beats we're experiencing, right? We're not going to experience uh, life by big set pieces or big moments. Yeah. So so I I feel like the, the, the real, but honestly the intent on how you have to balance yourself and how you have to manage exactly, how much weight you have and the fact like there's almost like the, the demoralizing nature of dropping everything and it's scattering everywhere. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Like it's really built up by the, the level of making you go through each one of the steps and uh, fe- feeling kind of the weight of planning something and not brushing over the, the whole walking simulator idea is really like well actually if you think about it we do a lot of walking in our life but we don't actually think about what it is to go step by step but the game yeah. makes you think about it. it. It made me think of hiking, actually. I, I quite
0: enjoy just going out for a hike once in a while. And it's fun to actually have to use your brain while you're walking, which you, you typically don't, you know, in a, in a city, in the suburbs. But when you're on a trail, you're going over uneven terrain, scaling some rocks, you, you do have to think, like, oh, where am I going to find my footing? How do I stay balanced? And it's it, it tickles this... You know, like the the caveman part of my brain that like uh, sitting at a desk all day doesn't. And um, oftentimes, doing that, I do think you know, video games kind of suck at conveying walking, like most of them. Yeah. Like uh, a lot of games are you 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 you're just like a, a camera on a s- slip and slide, uh, uh, maybe with a gun strapped to it. You know, like it's 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 very slippery. It's not very not a great sense of placement.
1: Interestingly, like this. The Decima engine is made by, what, Gorilla, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. They They made Killzone. Killzone.
1: I remember um, when Killzone came out, I really enjoyed it because I was mostly playing things like Counter-Strike, but then with Killzone, they really did make you feel more weight of like running around. But then it was poorly reviewed because people complained it was like hard to aim while like running around and jumping. He's like, well, yes, of course. Why can't I snipe someone while running? He's like, because you're running, you're not balanced, you're not stable. Lately, I, I really like uh, the vehicle simulator War Thunder, where you play World War II tanks, and I really enjoy the the physics of like you know a tank sliding through the mud or like the cannon shaking because you're still moving around and throwing your aim off. I like taking into account those things outside of my control to execute on a good shot or just good movement. I'd say vehicle and mecha games tend to be... Like, they care a lot more about how walking feels instead of a game where you're just a person. Your weight distribution. Do you remember any games that made your center of balance a gameplay mechanic? Uh, Armored Core, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I think it was... I think it started with Armored Core 4, I don't remember exactly, but if you have a gigantic cannon on your right shoulder, then you're going to turn faster on the right,
2: Or, but then yeah. if you try
1: yeah. to move left, you'll turn slower.
2: Yeah. I was going to say, I think it's a coincidence that Armored Core is the same developer as Dark Souls, where I think they spent a lot of time thinking about weight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. The current Dark Souls director, he directed, I think, Armored Core 3 Nexus which actually had storytelling actually armored core storytelling is very similar to dark souls but i'm sure we can talk about that in another future
2: podcast
0: yeah sure (laughs)
2: Uh,
0: sean is that am i hearing crickets
2: yes i have crickets and lizards in the background
0: (laughs) nice that's right
2: so uh-huh. I, I was going to mention something we were talking about is something that I've actually been talking about with a lot of people recently is this, this idea of doing something thoughtfully, intentionally. The, the idea of no, not necessarily just taking a step in an in intentional direction, but I feel like when you often hear people criticize games around not feeling good or walking, they, they call it floating. They say, oh, it mm. feels like floaty. It feels like I'm floating. When people mm, are yeah. like really into how something feels, they're like, yeah, it feels like it feels visceral. It feels weighty. And there's something that made me—I think a lot about. Well, people are kind of likening, like, floating to not being grounded, not feeling like they're—they're they're taking every step. And uh, yeah. I, I feel like I'm—I'm I'm stretching a bit here, but—but that's—I think there is an intention to make you feel grounded in the game over the the BTS, which are not necessarily—they're—they're they're never really quite—they're oh, yeah. oh, never yeah. quite there, right?
1: Yeah, they are floating. <laughs>
2: yeah they're literally f- floating
0: yeah yeah and they slide they're slippery when they come after you they they try to drag you into the mud and make you slippery too
1: yeah they are either floating above you or they become the ground underneath your feet they're not on the same level as you they're always above or below even the the big ones the catchers that are like made of the black tar oil they are like they're a part of the ground so it's like the BTS are more like an elemental force than an animal, like they're so, the
2: air. And I, I shouldn't mention this because I, I don't think there's a direct parallel here, but I have to like just mention it because I feel like there's something in the the sentiment behind it, which is that once you start experiencing the BTS, they reminded me so much of Nago in Princess Mononoke, and both the the idea of the way that it looked and the way that it animates, but also like the idea of, to a degree, it's a it's a. It, I don't know if it's a. It's a demonization of nature, right? It's a. It's a. Yeah. Uh, there, there's something there about that The death is playing something into the life of a creature because the BTS are were previously people that died, right? Uh, yeah. and and like I said, I don't think there's an intentional parallel, but I can't help but think that there are some influences uh, yeah, that cross the, over. The black uh, ooze, like like
1: Nago that god that's eaten by the hatred his design he greatly resembles this uh, this monster from i think it's like 1000 or 1200 ad japanese art uh, it's called the uh, the earth spider like sometimes it's defic- depicted like as some kind of like bulbous thing with cricket limbs coming out of it like Ooh. it's like a like a mammal insect hybrid
0: yeah. Okay. I just googled it. It's called the Succi Gumo. Succi Gumo.
1: Yeah. 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 Are you totally it's shaped like that? Yeah. It's uh, but Succi Gumo is also it's like some kind of pun. It means like people who are outsiders. So they're meant to demonize the people who lived outside of the the Shogunate or like the Empire. So instead of a demonization of like, like usually some kind of giant monster is a symbol of like, oh, like you know the storm or earthquakes or like the dangers of the wild, but in this case it is foreign. Well, they're they're in Japan too, but it's an outsider human that is to be destroyed.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm reading. It says they're they're kind of symbolic of like bandits, people who kind of resist the the order.
1: In the case of Princess Mononoke, that would be Ashitaka's people, so he's actually fighting a incarnation of what the Imperial Japanese think of him.
0: Yeah, actually, okay, I'm reading that right now. It says um, it applied to indigenous indigenous leaders who resisted the Yamato court as yeah. they consolidated control over Japan. Wow, so that 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 goes right into that. Man, you're a fountain of knowledge, Andy. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, T- tying it back to Death Stranding, I-, I don't think that's too much of a reach, at least in terms of imagery, because w- one of the earliest striking images in in the earlier trailers is the BT leaving a footprint during the timefall, as plants like sprout up and die, and that that's yeah. definitely like visually really similar to um, the forest god uh, when it's introduced. Yeah, when they introduced the forest god in Princess Mononoke. The- screen goes black and then you see this footprint come down and go up and uh, in its wake plants spring to life but then they also die you know Uh, i I remember seeing that for the first time uh, years ago as a teenager just how striking that was how uh, this this nature elemental like most depictions are like yeah nature is good it's just life and it's like no this is like life and death it's the whole life cycle yeah
1: that was striking to me because usually you think of like at least in fantasy games like a nature thing is like you know restores your hit points and then the death thing takes it away but this is doing both
0: yeah let's see um g- going back to the bts another interesting parallel that i can recall okay so the bts are like ghosts right they're, they're straight up ghosts something happened they, they're not going on to the afterlife they're coming back and they, they try to take you with them, right? And if, if they take you, like, a terrible reaction happens, right? That's, yeah. that's the premise. So early on in the game, one of the first missions you get is to... You, you, you meet the last president of America, Bridget, right? Bridget Strand, and she's your mother, right? Yeah. And when you see her, she's, she's very sick. She's bedridden. And she's got all these cables connected to her. Again, you know, there's so much like umbilical imagery, rope imagery, all these. This i The whole game is about connections. But with her particularly, they're keeping her alive unnaturally. And then when she's imploring you to go on uh, this mission for her, and you don't want to. So the setup is you, as Sam, and you, you've tried to leave... This family, which it's it's not really well defined yet, but but apparently he left a long time ago. She's trying to bring him back, and yeah. when she she grabs him and she stumbles out of the bed, and then the yeah. wires, some of them come out, and you see all this black ooze come out, and she starts yeah. crawling towards you, like just like a like a BT, you know. Yeah. And she she even grabs Sam and leaves a handprint, like so. There's definitely a strong parallel between. The BTS, these ghosts, and then Sam's mother, like trying to uh, uh, yeah. trying to put this responsibility on him. Any 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 thoughts on that?
1: I think that was a uh, very I want to say like shocking, like a jump scare. But oh man, Sam's being like super pressured into this. He didn't want to do this, but but he still does it.
0: Yeah, they don't, at least as far as I've gotten, they don't explain why he left bridges and why he, he cut these people off. Obviously something pretty bad happened, but but he gets pulled back into it because of, well, because of social pressure,
1: right? That, that's yeah. another kind of connection. Uh, uh, I mean, they put a handcuff on them, the cuff link.
0: Yeah, they, they, they give it a nice name. Um, it has a lot of benefits, but it, it is a, a, a cuff. Um so yeah, I think that's really interesting. The ghosts, that's something else the game touches on. So like connections, it's not just, oh, connections are good. It's like, there, there's there's a lot of different aspects to it. It goes into yeah. how unpleasant it is to have a connection forced on you, you know? So forced yeah. connection, whether that's physical or emotional or cultural, Yeah, it's uh, nuanced, right? It's obviously very unpleasant for sam but he but he does it anyways yeah i also noticed that when they introduce amelie uh, first off her name's amelie uh, so with a japanese accent that would be like uh, 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 Ameri, right Ameri, Ameri. <laughs> like america yeah. she's dressed in red her mother was dressed in all uh white and the porters wear blue so there's a lot of like there's that color coding going on and oh, yeah. Also, uh, they don't really explain her relationship with you. When I watched the trailers, I assumed, like, maybe that was his ex-wife or something, but yeah. I, I think that's the same actress, uh, same actor that plays the mother. And then she mother says... Z-wag- yeah, and, uh, and uh, don't tell me. I, I, don't spoil it for me <laughs> if you
1: already know. But it's like they tell you who the actresses are, so it's like, wow, it's the same actress.
0: Okay, but she calls... She calls uh, Bridget her mother. She doesn't say our yeah. mother. She doesn't call you her brother. Uh, she just says, like, my mother. Uh, so it's like a really mysterious relationship set up there, too.
1: Yeah. And that, that photo that the BT touches in the beginning, I thought, like, that that looks a lot like uh, Lindsay Wagner there, too. So...
0: Yeah.
1: You don't see the face.
0: And then there's cutscenes where she's on the beach, and I, I think it's actually not in chronological order because the first time you see her, you're already wearing the cuff that you you haven't been given yet. So it, it plays with chronology
2: uh, in an interesting way. Well, and they and they also it's even pointed out in the first scene that she hasn't aged, and yeah. This, gotta be something there. I, I feel like it, it was. It almost felt obvious to me when it was pointed out. I mean, and what I mean by obvious is, I was like, wow, they went out of their way to point that out.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Well, I, I think they do kind of, they offer one explanation for it right away, which is that uh, obviously she's not physically present, but her chiral gram is being generated based on the data that they used to have. So it's being generated with like 10-year-old data that hasn't aged, right?
2: So is there is there an idea there that the the, the Grams that you see throughout the game are not actually people but they're approximations or they're, they're the the image of the person like the 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 kind of storage of what what they looked like is that the the idea
0: i think so and i I think like when you meet dead man initially he's being broadcasted in real time because that's how amazing their technology is so you're getting a pretty accurate image but then when you go to like a city that isn't linked up yet you you get this really like hazy fuzzy image right but then after you connect them it it gets it gets clearer
1: um so far the the people in the shelters you do meet they do just look like they're kyle uh like the same as their kairogram
0: yeah, they do, yeah.
1: yeah. So, I think, like, I'm only on chapter, I think chapter 5, or episode 5, but I feel Amelie may be ageless if she is a incarnation of, like, the American ideal.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I don't even know if she's human yet, like, I, I, I can't tell.
1: Oh, oh! remember, um, the, uh, Die Hard Man, he introduces... Bridget Strand as the first and last female president of America. I feel like him saying first and last, that had a lot of weight. Like, it made me think that there might be some kind of time loop element to the story. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That, that is how she's introduced. Yeah, first and last. I think... Um it's really interesting. It's 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 not just that we're we're oh we're like really reading into this. It's that this game is really good at presenting, a very very unadorned, stark imagery and themes, but then building on top of that. And it's just uh, so easy to relate so many different things to every
2: aspect of it. Like it's, yeah. Sometimes I feel that Kojima presents you with a bunch of unsubtle things. Oh, yeah. Uh, Almost to initially distract you from what uh, he's really saying. For instance, the fact that Die Hard Man has Die and there's Dead Man, he he wears a skull. Like, obviously, the themes of of death and connection are like really uh, in your face. But I I feel like there's a part of me as I'm playing the game that feels like it may be a misdirection to a degree in terms of not wrong, but really wanting you to pay attention to that so that later the other themes that he's like slowly laying around will come together in a way that is really intended to, to hit you with almost the real theme.
0: Yeah, so you brought up the name. I, I, it reminded me of a really funny uh, Twitter interaction I saw. So it's true, the names are really basic, right? Like they're so blunt. And then somebody tweeted like, oh, does, does Kojima understand how names work? And then someone else pointed out, well, this is how names work. Where, where do you think surnames came from? You know in the especially in in the sphere, you know last names like 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 baker you know porter smith. like smith these are names that described occupations in the past people didn't always have family names when they decided whenever this happened it was based on something right like so again it's like this weird the game's really good at just taking you back to the roots of things and it, it seems so blunt but when you're confronted with it, it gives you some opportunity to really think about what is this thing? Do I understand it? It is kind of weird, isn't it?
1: And Die Hard man won't let America die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. You know, uh, I, I was wondering. The game implies that he might be a repatriate too, because uh, early on, when he when he yeah. meets Sam, he's like, "Oh yeah, look at us, bunch of deathless freaks." So, so that might be also why he's
1: called that. I
0: don't
1: know. Yeah, but then are they studying his fluids too?
0: I don't know. Or may, maybe you just meant that all of them have escaped death so far. You know, just because it, it's yeah, been so apocalyptic.
2: That might have been one of the ones where it struck me as just very blunt. Like he just feels like he, he feels like he should have died, and I think they, yeah. they you kind of talk about the. The idea of the Death Stranding, the way they retell it uh, throughout the game, is that it's a, it's a cycle. Like it, it creates death upon death because the VTs are pulling you back and it creates the void out. So I, I wonder if it was just that blunt.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, I think um, with Hideo Kojima, he seems to be very inward-looking with uh, his directing and uh, storytelling. It seems to be all based on not like a reference to something that is like a piece of history, but more like his his interaction with it, his view of it, his feel, the feeling it gives him. And I think that's where a lot of this bluntness comes from. It's like if you feel something inside of you, then it's pretty easy to express it. But if you're trying to like connect obscure historic references, then that's, that's different than like uh, a personal relationship feeling. Because um, I feel like a lot of the imagery in Death Stranding and Crumb Software games, like Dark Souls and the later, like Armored Core 2, uh, they're similar. But I feel uh, arm, like uh, Dark Souls Bloodborne, they are making outside references in an obscure way on purpose, where it's like you're piecing together... Uh, some kind of, like, lost archaeology. And then Death Stranding, though, it's instead of, like, oh, you know, this is a reference to something else, it's more like this is a personal feeling you get in this kind of relationship.
0: So you mean, like, your your relationship with these big concepts, like, like life yeah. and, and death? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. One of the parts of the game that really struck a chord with me uh, was... Uh, when you do die and you have to repatriate yeah that's just like a beautiful little interactive experience on its own <laughs> like that yeah you know if if that was just made as like an interactive art installation like you know that that could be you'd have that in like fine art galleries like it's yeah if, if you don't just go straight back into the game which you can but if you take your time there like, You know, the first time that happened, I was like, whoa, what's going on? Like, yeah, I I swam around. I tried to explore. It's really, really starkly beautiful imagery. Like you're you're in the ocean. It's serene, but then you see all these other bodies floating around you, you know, and then there's some light at the surface. And if you try to swim all the way up, you can't quite reach the light and break through the surface and then if the other bodies if you try to swim towards them they get they kind of stay farther and farther away and they disappear they they retract as you go towards them so like you can't reach these other people and then you're looking around and eventually you find that golden thread back to your own body into your own life and, and, and this touches on so much really foundational imagery across different cultures
1: right you the, see the the whales in the water
0: yeah, I tried to. I tried to catch the whale.
1: Yeah, I was. I was really happy to see a living whale. It was like, wow, that actually. I feel that was the most upbeat part of the game with me. When you're dead, it's like, wow, like uh, there's living things here too.
0: Yeah, actually, it's not. It's not exact. It's not scary. Um, the scariest part of the game is the ghost coming after you. But then, what happens after that? It's actually really calming.
1: Sure. What, is, uh, what caused you to die in the game? Let's see. So the very first time
0: I died in the game, I, I just got taken by, uh, by BTs, I think. It may have been before I got the grenades. I think I was on the way to the the, the wind farm. Yeah. Yeah, and I just I got caught. The, I, I couldn't get away. The terrain was really difficult. and And then I voided out, and there's a big crater there now.
2: That was something that I thought was a really interesting choice, was the fact that if you get caught in Void Out, it creates a real crater in the game world. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Well, Sean, what was the first time you died in Death
2: Stranding? You know, if I'm I'm trying to remember now, but I do seem to remember I had already gotten the, I forget what the motorcycle's called, but I already had a vehicle and I got stuck on something. (laughs) And it went downhill from there. Literally, and I seem, to, I seem to recall it was it was related to like I also dropped stuff, so I yeah. had I had a couple of things going on, and that was ultimately like it was, I felt very desperate. For yeah. Sure. For me, I actually
1: I purposefully got caught because I wanted to to see if I could pee on the BT and kill it. <laughs> because it worked on this squid BT, I peed on it, and it just kind of like stopped moving at me, and then I managed to walk away from it. But then the second one, it's like, uh, you know, okay, like, oh, it's a giant lion. You know, I uh, Sam unzips and I'm ready. And as I pee on it, it just swallows me whole. <laughs> <laughs> but I realize the difference is it's because I was just standing on low ground at the same level, like sinking into the black tar. Like I should have stood on a rock. That's why I was successful the last time on the squid, because I was on top of it. Like I was on a rock peeing down on it. But that's like super basic caveman logic, you know, like have, just climb up higher and you have an advantage.
0: Yeah, establish your dominance. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's great. And that was the first void <laughs> out, and it was like, oh, okay, I guess pee doesn't actually hurt them, it only annoys them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But I think you can reach the bodies when you void out. Maybe it happens later, because when you reach the bodies, maybe you have to hit them with the Odorak, but then like the items they dropped when they voided out, I think they appear with you when uh, you come back.
0: Okay, yeah, I, I haven't been able to get up close to one, but I, I tried it. it.
1: It was really early. Well, I think seeing your own body is like, hey, this is an out-of-body experience.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, the, the image of the golden thread, uh, that, that, that's, that ties into, that's pretty strong in, in Buddhism, right?
1: Yeah, I think it, it shows up in many things. I think it, uh, well, remember in like Gundam, Battle Angel Alita, like when they talk about Atman, they show like a spirit connected by a thread to your body. Yeah. And then Trinidad kicks it and separates Al- like Alita from her body.
2: It also yeah. I don't know if it's golden, but it reminds me of some areas of Greek mythology where there's the the thread of your life. Uh, is oh. also something uh, that is thematic in Hades.
1: Yeah, the uh, with, with the, the, the three fates that like measure, unroll and cut your, your thread. Correct.
0: Yeah, um, in in Buddhism, there's the parable of the the spider's thread. I think the image is that, uh, is that of a spider that can, through its thread, go all the way from paradise, like uh, into hell. Yeah, th- this this figure prominently, like in in into Ashura's wrath too. Uh, in that game, whenever Ashura gets defeated and basically killed, he still there's like even a spider character and stuff. He he's able to climb that thread back up and. Yeah, this kind of imagery is in a lot of different different cultures. It's it's amazing how much mileage this game gets out of this basic image of the thread, you know, the rope, and then just the game being about, like, you know, tying these separate isolated cities back together into a connected uh, knot, you know. And then you, you, you physically also are able to fight with a rope. And then on top of that, you... Connect to the BB like via like an artificial umbilical cord. The BTs also have umbilical cords, and then and then it goes all the way back to like well yeah you as a human being as a mammal you used to have an umbilical cord you used to be connected to your your mother in the womb, and before that, like where were you? Where how did your conscious form? You know, and then and then. All that also ties to, like, Sean, what you were saying before, the, the the importance this game puts on the journey, right? It's not about, oh, okay, complete this quest and get the reward. It's about that experience of going from point A to point B. Like, it's yeah. about the importance of the thread itself. It's not just yeah. what the thread connects. It's you you are the thread. The thread is, like, this journey through, through life, right?
1: Also, like, going to Hideo Kojima's first game... That was just about the journey to uh, Penguin Adventure.
0: Penguin Adventure. T- tell us about Penguin Adventure.
1: In Penguin Adventure there is a... you play as a penguin who has to run through many hazardous terrains to get the golden apple to save the life of this red penguin princess who's waiting for you and you either uh, reach her and she's already dead and all the other penguins are, like, saluting because she's a princess. Or you save her and it's happy. But it's very (laughs) much about point A to point B, dodging lots of hazardous terrain, and also some weird parts where you're flying through space and there's, like, fish falling from the sky. It's like, wow, this is, like, so much Death Stranding imagery from the first Kojima game.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's great. That, that was for, what, like the MSX? Or the uh, Nintendo? Yeah, yeah,
1: I think so. That was really mm-hmm. early on. When you're talking about the rope, there's characters who talk about ancient Egyptian burial rites and the dead. And Just looking up on the internet, it seems that ancient Egypt also uh, was the first society to use purposefully made ropes consistently. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: I thought that was something that early humans had, you know, just weaving simple ropes.
1: Right. There's. But it's something about ancient Egypt that it's like they took it to another level. Oh, no, they made special tools to make the ropes instead of just, you know, weaving things by hand.
0: Oh, okay. So they were the first to turn it into technology. Yeah. Or to make it through technology, not not just like technique,
1: yeah.
0: externalized technique, technology, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Egyptian references in the game, right? Yeah. And then also, I mean, a lot of different cultures have this concept of having multiple spirits, multiple souls. Yeah. Right, like uh, like like uh, Chinese ghosts. Can can you explain how those are formed? The, the zhangxi um, hopping the hopping ghosts
1: it's pretty similar to what the ancient egyptians have but it's you have one animal soul that's kind of like your instinct and that's what the the monsters are like they are just driven by instinct to go eat and then you have your higher soul that's your your memory and that that's the one that like kind of drifts away I think the ancient Egyptian concept of souls is similar, but I'm not sure.
0: Okay, so the the Chinese hopping ghost, that's when your higher soul, your cognitive soul with all your memories, that leaves, and then your animal soul with its animal instincts is left in the body, and it just goes around.
1: I mean, that seems to be what the BTs are, because these humanoid BTs, when they all gather together, they... They seem to either summon or they become that monster BT that's just going to eat you.
0: They definitely aren't... They're not, like, communicating with you. They're just trying to
1: eat you. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently you can get a like from a BT. What? Really? I don't know how. (laughs) I've just seen a screenshot of it. Uh,
0: I didn't know that.
1: (laughs) Apparently you can get a like from
0: everything in the game, right? what the mules do like or give i'm sorry you can give likes to everything in the game
1: well how about the mechanics we haven't really talked um that much about you know just ladders and ropes and shelters the
2: the first thing that that kind of comes to mind to to me is they slowly kind of pull you into the the kind of leaving things behind and to me the, the the mechanic comes back to the the intentionality of taking the actual steps it takes to get somewhere. I, again, like it, to me, it, it comes back to the, the commentary on media showing you big beats, and I like that the idea that you have to carry your ammunition, you have to carry your ladder, like, and yeah. you can't—at least in my gameplay—I you can't really keep picking it up. The idea is both that you need it and you have to leave it behind once you use it, but there's a there's an extra element of someone else can use what you've used right but a lot of it really plays down to you have to make all these decisions very carefully and intentionally they're not using the game to brush over the mechanic of being a porter <laughs> they're they're really it's like and, and it's not just for the sake of realism right it is it is it is for the sake of making you think about every portion of the action, right? It's something that I think at first is supposed to seem boring. And the word boring struck the idea, because I've seen that work described actually, people saying the game is boring because it's a walking simulator. And going back down to the, the mechanic, it reminded me a lot of, like, if, if you're ever trying to work on something really small and really complicated, you have to take each step really, really carefully. And you have to yeah. set things next to you in such a way. So I, I got to a point very quickly where i was like okay i'm really thinking very very carefully about when i actually use this ladder and i i think all the mechanics also build up to make again that idea of reciprocity as well where you appreciate when someone has left behind a ladder (laughs) to a place you need to get to (laughs) or i'm far enough in the game where if someone leaves design like an appropriate zip line it, it feels like Almost rapturous, because you can get so yes. far with it. <laughs> but, but but you don't appreciate it unless you've gone through the journey of not having it and having to be so careful with your steps. Yeah, you uh,
1: you start to appreciate society around you. <laughs> oh, on, on the zipline, like, uh, I was think, like, the last time I used one, oh, man, I'm just flying over all the monsters. This is awesome. And then I saw this laser shine on me. And one of the mules actually shot me with a grappling hook and took my luggage as I was zipping over them. (laughs) Like, uh, those mules, they're like cavemen, and you are the the animal they hunt, like your packages. It's like a caveman hitting a bird, or if I'm in my truck, it's like a caveman throwing spears at a mammoth. (laughs) Also, just with the tools and keeping your footing, it... This game felt like, uh, it really feels like Mario Kart on foot. That's a game where you lose your balance. You have to, you know, not slam into the wall. or you're, And then you also carry your items. Like, you might just save that one shell. Like, the hopping, sliding, drifting mechanic. That's what, it's like, wow, this game cares about your legs as much as Mario Kart cares about being on wheels.
0: Yeah, I like that they didn't streamline everything like uh, if you want to brace yourself you you actually have to use your fingers to brace yourself you can brace yourself the whole game but there's a physical
2: requirement you know placed on the play careful like i noticed like basically every time you take like a pretty nasty fall not you lose packages but also uh the bb you have to like rock them because they're crying and you literally have to do that with the controller and i was like I was like like so I actually got to the point where I got I became more upset that the BB was upset than that yeah. I lost my packages <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I got not that worried about Sam but like this is a little baby that the baby was made to help me detect ghosts so like it's already doing something that it it was born into a world as a tool I might as well be kind to it
0: yeah I, I love BB I love that mechanic uh, having to having to calm it down.
1: That kind of feels like Metal Gear Solid 3. You know, when you had to mend like your cuts and broken bones. Well, like you had to remove the bullets from your body in Metal Gear Solid 3, or right. you'll like suffer injuries. Uh.
0: I guess uh, I th- Big Boss was the the BB of that game.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> taking care of BBs. Yeah, he was.
0: Yeah, he was. He was. He was made for that job.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: I was surprised that there wasn't a mechanic like that, but I can see, um, like, yeah,
2: the BB does take its place. I think it's also oh, interesting... Yeah. yeah. It's also interesting uh, from a mechanical perspective that the the BB helps you, but it never... Like, to, to me, there's something always interesting about a mechanic in a game where you don't really have full control over what uh, is antagonizing you, right? And that yeah. the BB is, like, kind of a protective area around there, but it's, it's not actually... It's not spelling it out for you. Like you, you're, you're, as the character, like your dooms doesn't give you the fantastical powers like, like fragile has, for instance. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't teleport, and you're not like Higgs where you, you can like just trigger timefall and stuff like that. So there, there's a certain uh, level of appreciation that you build around the mechanic of. Not only is it helping you, but it's helping you in a way where you, you really don't have a whole lot of control over how you interact you're you're really trying you're really relying on the BB to tell you what to do or to really help you work your way through the more dangerous situations in the game
0: yeah yeah you're relying on this little helpless baby to keep you safe
1: BB only works as a tool when BB is scared like you're taking an unborn baby and it's supposed to be like exposing it to ghosts and things that are frightening it
2: yeah this reminds uh, me a lot of, honestly, uh, I, I was re- reminded how, like, haunting and terrible, like, the original Silent Hill games were, and how I didn't feel that way with the newer ones. And I realized it was because, like, in the newer ones, you have weapons. You're powerful. Oh, yeah. Like, you kind of know what you're fighting. Uh, and yeah. I, I appreciated kind of the the idea here around the, the level of you're, you're you obviously just traveling. Obviously you get weapons at some point and there are some shooting sections in the game. But overall, those those are really meant to put a finer point on what's happening. For the most part of the game, you are powerless. <laughs> yeah. And the baby is powerless with you, but it has more power than you do in the situation. And that creates a lot of tension uh, and a, I, I think a lot of uh, grounding in the world in a weird way, even though it's pretty fantastical.
1: Have you ever played uh, Dungeons & Dragons where you're, like, tracking the weight of all of your equipment?
2: So that,
0: that's, like, a way to play? Like, if you want to be really hardcore?
1: Right. Yeah. Like, uh, not only are you tracking the weight, you're also tracking if it's on your back or if it's on your waist.
0: I, I've, I've never uh, been that granular with uh, D&D.
1: I've, I actually right. like playing it like that because um, I feel... Like, and then Death Stranding really captures that experience. Like, because I have played uh, games of D&D where you do have to drive, like, place a ladder somewhere or <clears throat> use a rope, and then you're out of ropes, so then that cuts your options. I, I, so you I, know, I, hmm?
0: I think I saw, like, a comic about this. It was, like, two panels. One was, like, what people think adventurers need and it's like a guy with like a backpack full of like weapons and arrows and like a little bit of food
1: yeah.
0: and then it's like what you really need and the second panel was like a guy with some extra pairs of shoes and like some nails and just like equivalent a lot of equipment for doing general stuff yeah rope rope and nails
1: Uh, like if you're creative with rope it can you can do lots of interesting things with it like uh If there's an invisible monster in the room and you just swing a rope really broadly, you're going to hit it. Or you tie people together, so, like, if one person is falling off of the edge, the other, like, people can grab the rope and then use their own weight. So I kind of felt like, hey, yeah, this Death Stranding is hitting, like, this part of tabletop RPGs I really don't see often.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty hardcore, kind of of obscure way way to play. It's more rare
1: than, like, LARPing. (laughs) Yeah well i guess you could just go mountain like hiking if you want that experience that's true you Uh, could just actually bring your equipment with you when you larp. this game also remind you of lemmings lemmings huh yeah i I didn't
0: think of that no how how so
1: well you have to like build bridges and sometimes when when the bomb lemming dies he explodes and leaves a crater
0: (laughs) yeah maybe that was an influence (laughs)
1: <laughs> thought about that, that's a good point
0: yeah. yeah,
1: like this is asynchronous single multiplayer lemmings
0: <laughs> oh man it's time
1: for a lemmings revival could be Captain Toad too because Captain Toad is all about navigating environment with a very heavy backpack mm. uh, I just felt like are so many this just felt like a gritty nintendo mario yoshi's island reboot
0: yeah Yeah.
1: but then i kind of feel like kojima and like nintendo people they're all coming from somewhere inside like miyamoto comes from his personal experience this is the joy of kicking something this is the joy of seeing something and then shattering it this is the mystery of there's something in this block what's going to happen what's going to come out of it. These are all very simple, like, things a caveman would understand. I think that's been a a new way I've been, like, looking at just game design and game experiences. Would a caveman baby get
2: it? I, I wonder if it's interesting it plays into, if you look at uh, a lot of game design over time, I think people talk a lot about innovation and whatnot, but if you look at, like, yeah. classic... Games and things that stand the test of time, like mechanically speaking, they're all very simple. And yeah. for the most part, a lot of new, like newer games, especially ones that are successful that rely on those types of mechanics, they're often just adding a, a kind of a new take on it or a, a personality to the same level of mechanic. But but to your point, like it, it speaks to the fact that sometimes like we go back to the, the simple combinations of things that play off of our evolutionary build. That, that create yeah. the, the pleasure and uh, it's, they don't have to be complicated
0: yeah right. yeah andy you said something funny about uh, yeah like the the basic act of uh, picking up a food item in a game right like th- that's something yeah. that a lot of people criticize is like oh that's weird right. but
1: yeah like uh you know in castlevania if, or final fight when you like smash a trash can but there's like a delicious turkey roast inside of the trash and you eat it that's just primal that's A caveman would do it. If a caveman (laughs) finds delicious (laughs) like under a rock, you're going to... The thing that triggered this thought in me was... It was an Onion article about... It was Dog Makes Religious Pilgrimage Back to Bush Where He Found a Rotisserie Chicken.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's like the best day of its life, right?
1: Yeah. And that is kind of how... uh, our brains are wired like you know how our spirituality works you know if we if we go to a place and pray and then we get what we want we'll keep on repeating it in hopes of repeating the uh, the results again you know Mm. if you do a certain dance and it rains you do it again it could be a coincidence where you burn things and the particles in the air allow the moisture to cling to it to fall down as rain you don't understand the science, but you will repeat what seems to have a, uh, what will give you the result.
0: Yeah. And that's the foundation of a uh, civilization.
1: Like Yeah, that go black tepe, that building a thing. They must have been getting some kind of result out of it. Oh, wait, another thing. I feel uh, if you, like, people who say, oh, Death Stranding is boring, or Death Stranding is very engrossing, I kind of I think it depends on like what kind of thought process you have or like what you what moment you enjoy. Something I've been thinking about is when I'm reading, you know, martial arts manuals or sword fighting manuals from Japan or Germany or Italy like all like they always mention a thought process kind of in three parts where you have a <clears throat> the approach, your planning and that would be like, I'm going to, you know, throw a punch, I'm going to throw a rock. And then after that is the execution. How well did I throw my rock? How correctly did I swing my sword? And then the aftermath, you know, what happens after this planned action? Did did I hit him with my rock? Or did they dodge it? What do I do next? So I feel uh, Death Stranding's approach is just something balancing yourself that's uh, if you i mean you have that odor act that tells you this is rough ground so you can go okay that is rocky ground i if you're paying attention you'll anticipate holding down the triggers to steady yourself once you're actually in balance then it's you know seeing how quickly you just react to hitting left or right and then once you're over that ridge, you know, like, uh, did you wind up tumbling even further, or did you find like clear ground, or did suddenly BTs appear? Like, that's the aftermath So it's a before, during, and after are kind of like the three states of uh, thought for anything, really, like any action. And I found that uh, the reviews that like said uh, Death Stranding are boring, they tended to be ones that they don't seem to be actively thinking like uh a review said like oh uh, the bb just keeps on crying all the time <laughs> and after playing the game is like wait the bt like the bb's only cried like like two times for me like at in the early part of the game because i only fell off a cliff once and then after i fell off a cliff like i'm more careful about walking so i'm thinking like this guy he's uh he's only thinking about the end result you know how do i get from point a to b but not like how do i not walk on rocky ground how do i anticipate steadying myself like is this guy just running in a straight line down a cliff
2: could be something else on the, the topic of it uh, being boring it, it, i guess maybe totally reading into the theme too much but it made me really think of the idea of the connections and relationships. And I've, I've often heard the advice that to have a good relationship, you have to be be able to be boring together. And yeah. it doesn't mean that you don't like each other or that you find it not fulfilling to be connecting with someone. But it also means that you you don't always have to be doing, you know, and like, it doesn't have to be a goal. And I look playing into what you're saying. It doesn't have to be a reason to be making a connection or being with someone, sometimes the the act of it is is enough, right? Uh, and I, I felt like even the, the way the game pulls music into it as you're you're walking, like it adds it adds more to the element of of as you walk through the game that yeah. ultimately it's it's I think boring is just the word we come up with when when people are trying to say that it wasn't interesting to them. But yeah. uh, I think to your point, if you're not taking the time to be interested to form a connection or yeah. relationship to what you're doing, then you're not going to connect with it.
1: Yeah, like imagine if you played Mario Kart and you just never used the trigger buttons. Like, then you would go like, why can't I turn? Why? Am-? Or if you're playing Mario Kart and your goal is to just finish the lap without doing anything else, then you would go, oh, it's just a game. It's a driving sim. It's a circle sim. <laughs> the circles. The circles. yeah like you're you're telling me i start i finish where i start what kind of game is that but, uh, but um Well even the music it's the way the music happens it's almost like a real experience of when you're just you know, hiking in some beautiful part of California, and you just hear a bird that you've never heard before.
0: Yeah, when when you hear the music, you know you're safe. It's mm. it's very calming. It, yeah.
1: I've heard uh, later in the game, like the music doesn't necessarily mean safe. But so oh, far, no. <laughs> but at least where I'm at, like I haven't been suddenly attacked after the music plays. Uh, okay. Oh, you know, just meeting the different uh, people in the game and they're based off of real people. Mm -hmm. Like, one of them, like, uh, I interact with him on Twitter in real life, but then his virtual self also gives me a like in the game. It's like, wow, this is a very, very unique experience. Oh, that's (laughs) surreal. (laughs) Like, he gave me a virtual like at the same time that he gave me a like. On Twitter, but you know that's also virtual. But is that more real? I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they, they're both a result of your actions. So they, wow, so you really interacted with that guy's uh, Grimm.
1: Yeah, but then wow. it's like you know. Maybe I'll I'll one day meet him in his his shelter in real life. Who knows? Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean. Twitter's a chiralgram, right? That's yeah. not, I, I, I'm not not to demean the relationships uh, you, you can make on there. I, I've actually formed some real uh, friendships on there, but yeah. just by and large, uh, it's 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 not a real time interaction. Yeah. And you're you're really curating uh, what you leave behind on there. It's capturing a moment in time and just kind of leaving it out there. You know, the
1: chiralgrams like using death and all that that's real life is already like that you know like fossil fuels are literally fossils of dead things you know building something out of wood means you killed a tree even digging up more means you cleared out all the living things to dig for it so yeah that's
0: I, i like that the game makes you think about these very basic things that are very easy to take for granted and yeah. they're also not easy to actually bring up in a naturalistic way, you know? Yeah. But but this game gives you the breathing room to explore this stuff. I mean, it, it even made me think about, like, the act of being here is pretty amazing. <laughs> like, I mean, being born at all as a human yeah. with means is is winning the Cosmic Lottery in this time period. And then just the billions of years of evolution that led up to this point too like that that is pretty spectacular
1: and then for every living thing here so many other things died and will never pass on their genes like all living things me and you or like the cow we eat are all directly connected to the first thing that crawled out of the ocean and passed on its genes But then that's in the shadow of so many more things that just died. Yeah. So with Death Stranding, this death world, the death world should be many, many times bigger than the living world.
0: Yeah, that's true. There have been more things that have died than lived. Or, well, it's an equal number eventually. (laughs)
1: Oh, wait, a quick tangent, but I just read an article today. There's these fossilized ground-dwelling birds that died out on this island because the island was completely submerged under the water. But then scientists found that that ground, like that bird that can't fly, actually recently re-evolved from the same flying bird.
0: Yeah, that that's fascinating. It but came it's back. It's the
1: same flying bird landed on the same island that re-emerged from the ocean like after thousands of years or so and then became this very similar ground-dwelling bird again. That is The same idea idea
0: manifested again. Yeah. That's amazing. That's uh, weirdly comforting, which is how I would describe this game. Like many people, I I tend to be a kind of anxious person a lot of the time. And, I mean, I, I used to have a lot of anxiety about dying, like, from a very young age. Like, I don't know, you guys have been around me long enough. Like, I get night terrors. I'll wake up, like, screaming, thinking about it. But yeah. what I appreciate about this game is it gives me this breathing room to contemplate this stuff and to have these conversations with, with you guys afterwards and to speak about it from a place of comfort, not, not from anxiety, but just... Yeah, just be able to contemplate it from a comfortable distance, but also like immersion. Like uh, I appreciate that. It's, it's kind of taken the edge off of thinking about these things.
1: I've been wondering, like, you know, the ancient Egyptians, they were one of the first known civilizations. And they seem to just have thought about death and the afterlife for thousands of years continuously as just the main thing that they they think they about
0: well that, that's what we primarily have records of right yeah
1: Yeah.
0: well they also I mean, have
1: you know wrestling and hunting and yeah they have like the first martial arts manual it just shows different wrestling postures
0: yeah but like, I mean the, we, we, we know so much about them because they they emphasized the death and the afterlife so much that they left behind all these uh, relics related to it monuments right
2: yeah even even into the mid-century religion playing such a a pivotal role in in society most religion especially christian religion at the afterlife is a core focus of your time on earth
0: that's like the point right It's, it's about that end game
2: right well i guess you could say um
1: like going back to joseph campbell like he you know he's writing his stuff decades decades ago but he saw like one way he put it is religion is a record. It's like a scientific record of these people from this time. So 2,000 years ago, you would have, you know, your high priest explain how weather works or like why you have a stomach ache. But as scientific knowledge advances, like what is a mystery? Like, you know, now we know how weather works. Now we know what a virus is. So the domain of death is. Still, the thing that we can't scientifically quite define in a way that satisfies people, you know, what happens after death. So, that's uh, I guess that's why like religion would perhaps be more focused on death for people today than someone 2000 years ago. Because 2000 years ago, their spirituality and their priests would be telling them more things than just where people go when they die.
0: Yeah, that, that puts a lot of things in perspective actually. Okay, I think this is a good stopping point. Uh, yeah. We covered a lot of good topics. I, I know we could go on for several more hours. Maybe, maybe we'll follow up with another Death Stranding podcast, especially because I, I haven't even beat the game yet. Yeah,
2: me neither, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Let's wrap things up there. So. Yeah, thank, thank you guys for for being on the podcast. Sean, thank you for, for organizing this, putting this together. For everyone who made it all the way through, thanks for listening. We're going to continue updating. We're, we're going to continue making the podcast. And if you want to follow along, we have a Twitter account. It's a, at Eater Podcast. So that is A-R-T-E-A-T-E-R Podcast, all one word, uh, on twitter we'll be posting all of our podcasts there and of course we'll be um, retweeting that reposting it from our own personal accounts uh, which you know you're probably already following if, if you're listening to this yeah so my, my account on twitter is richmond lee that's r-i-c-h-m-o-n-d underscore l-e-e so you can follow me there uh, andy right uh, I'll, I'll just go ahead uh, you can follow andy at hokuto andy so that's h-o-k-u-t-o andy one word yeah. And Sean, I believe yours is at daborsk at D-A-B-O-R-S-K right. Yeah, so uh, please follow us individually, follow the podcast Yeah, follow along and uh, is it, uh, leave comments in the comment section or hit like and follow us <laughs> is, is that how you're supposed to end these things? Well, I definitely
2: want more likes now, so
0: right, right. Spam yeah. spam that like button spam, like. Uh, right. Make some strands <laughs> Yeah, make some strands <laughs> Thank you guys for being on the podcast. Uh, thanks for listening, um, and we'll
2: we'll be back yep. later.